This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. My first guest tonight, though, uh, incredibly honoured to have him on the programme. Uh, in the 1980s growing up, one of the big names in New Zealand sport that I heard of, but perhaps didn't really truly understand, was the name Swart. Jack Swart. Um, hard, hard man. Won most of the big races here in New Zealand on many, many occasions. Was robbed of taking his place at the Olympic Games in 1980 because of the boycott. I was lucky enough to get to ride with Jack in the Tour of Southland back in 2003 when he decided to make a bit of a cycling comeback at the age of 48. I took the time and I said to Jack, I said, who is the hardest bastard you ever rode with or experienced? And he said to me, he goes, Mark, I don't want to be biased, but he goes, my brother, Stephen. We had to have guys either side of him on a bike because he could push himself so hard that he potentially could black out and we needed to be there to hold him up if in fact he did black out. Stephen Swart would go and establish himself on the world tour, ride the tour to France and a man of high ethics. He was the first guy to, to sort of blow the whistle on Lance Armstrong and what was going on in the professional peloton. And I've admired this man from a distance. And I'm very lucky now to have him on the programme, Stephen Swart, to sort of reflect and talk about the world championships in road cycling that have just come to an end in Wollongong. Uh, Stephen Swart, good evening. Welcome. G'day, Mark. How are you? Were you that hard? <laughs> didn't seem it at the time. Didn't, can't have been hard enough. No, but I mean, I just had such respect for Jack and knew how hard he was. And if he's telling me you're the hardest, then I, I mean, is that an inherent quality, Stephen? Or is that something you can learn? Oh, I don't know. I think um, hey, it's, maybe it was ingrained in us or I don't know whether I was just, you know, at certain times very focused and wanted to, you know, better myself or better. I don't, it, 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 it's the only technique sometimes we had and, you know, I tried to make the most of it. Yeah, I remember talking to Greg Henderson. He says, look, the guy who ultimately is prepared to hurt the most is the guy that's probably going to win the bike race, particularly once that sort of group or that race is beginning to unfold. Well, like in the, in like the world championships. Yeah, like the world championships. Yeah, the, the world is... Uh, it's like any any of those world world championships or the classics or any, anything. It, it's a nutrition, mm. you know. There's, there's a selection at the 200 kilometer mark. There's another selection at the 220, mm. another selection at 240, and then you know then then the cream comes to the comes to the yeah. Uh, top. Yeah, I often say say it is a 250 kilometer bike race. It's sort of 220 kilometers is hope and 30 kilometers of truth because there's a certain threshold where the exponential curve of fatigue and suffering just suddenly just skyrockets up. Yeah, and um, 
that's that's why the the distances are sometimes the distance that they are because basically it uh, is you can't hide from it. How many? Uh, yeah, there's, no, there's no flaking. Yeah. How many road cycling world championships did you ride in, Stephen? Uh, two, eighty-seven and ninety-four. Mm. And what makes them unique? I was having this conversation with Ron Cheatley, and unlike a lot of sports, the world road cycling champs actually carry more weight than the Olympic Games gold medal on the road. Well, they probably do, or well, they have, because they've obviously been around for for even a day, and and you know, apart from saying being the uh, winning, you know, Tour de France, um, the world world championships is probably meant uh, as a, as a one day race uh, is looked upon, you know, uh, as a great prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now the Olympics, they are starting, you know, well for the riders themselves. Um, maybe for the uh, history of the sport, maybe not, but for the riders, you know, there is prestige in being an Olympic champion because it only comes around every four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, lovely to have it in the Southern Hemisphere, lovely to have it in Wollongong. Let's start with that. Let's. Um... Let's start with the performance of young Neem Fisher Black, out of Nelson, winning that under twenty three world women's road cycling title. Is that is that the best result by a female cyclist in the history of the sport in this country? Well, we have had uh, a world world champion on the on the uh, track as far as um, back in the eighties. Um, can't think of the name now. Um, from from now from the Nelson region as well. Um, and but but in terms in terms of pure road cycling, in terms of t- moving the track yeah. and taking um take yeah. t- taking away you know time trial results previously, but just you know because let's be honest, I mean you can be the best rider in a peloton, it doesn't mean you're going to win the bike race. Mm, yeah, I mean it's a, and the other part of me doesn't get it because obviously they were mixed in with the with the elite, so it wasn't just past the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and let's just talk about because it it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Particularly when you get into the, you've got your teammates, or sometimes you don't have your teammates, depending on how much depth um, you've got from one country. But then you've also got this sort of um, what's the word informal understanding sometimes between the riders that you might race with on the world tour in your trade teams. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, you know, and that does happen. Um, you know, that's part why in '94 they sent me uh, to the worlds uh, to to basically look after Armstrong. Mm-hmm. So I really wasn't there representing myself. Not you know, not that I you know I was the only Kiwi in the race. So what what benefit was I going to do by myself? Yeah. So for a situation like. Um... Name Fisher Black. I mean, she was pretty much got into that group. Uh, she was out there on her own. How difficult is it not having support and then still getting the result or trying to get a result when you just don't have critical mass on the brake or critical mass on the peloton? Probably uh, under her circumstances, probably a little bit different because, you know, she wasn't actually, she didn't have to be first past the post. She just had to be, you know, aware of her surroundings. And what I know, you know, not having any uh, race communication this time, you know, no, you know, uh, the riders not having any radios. So she had to do a few numbers in her head and make sure that there's no one under 23s um, that got close. Mm. So, you know, it's just, you know, doing the homework as well. You know, you're not only riding, you're actually uh, flicking over some numbers in your head. 
Mm. Uh, the overall uh, women's road racing world champion is um, Annemiek van Vluten of the Netherlands. Um, you look at just how much strength the Dutch have. They were probably disappointed with the way Tokyo played out last year. What did you make of uh, Van Fluten's performance? Oh, yeah. Well, to, um, you know, she look watching the race earlier on, she didn't look very comfortable, but um, I, I think it's like a lot of her riders and her pedigree, you know, they actually uh, take a while to get the engine going. Uh, she, you know, obviously played her cards really well, and you know they just she she stunned them just by attacking them in the last eight hundred meters, and boom, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? I mean, how hard is it getting up for one day? I mean, clearly in a grand tour or in a multi-stage race, you can have bad days, but you can ride yourself sort of into form. How difficult is it getting yourself up for one day? I think you know if you're a rider yourself. You know if you're on on a one day. You know you you, you can tell within yourself it, you, it's either happening or it's not happening. Mm. So and I mean to say, sometimes you have to push and keep pushing. You know you go through this uh, extreme pain. You know that, and you just don't feel like you've got it. And then all of a sudden something just changes within inside you, and you know you're you're in you're in the you're in the hunt. Mm. The men's road race, absolutely just stacked with the likes of Sagan. You look at Pogaccia, um, you look at Volt van Aert of Belgium, but it was Remco Evniopol who really, at the end of the day, did a bit of a demolition, winning by over two minutes and a remarkable performance. Now, some people might argue that riding the Vuelta Espana can flatten you, but clearly his performance there, his victory there, allowed him to come into this race and clearly some very good form, form which he was able to maintain and hold. Yeah, and I, would say, and I mean to say, we're only talking maybe two or three weeks ago that the tour, uh, well, the Spaniards finished. So, you know, doing the right things at the right time, you know, and being, being that young. And he, hey, this guy is a big, big talent. You know, don't underestimate that. Mm. Um, you know he's only 22 years old, and look uh, and look, look at his uh, Palmas already. You know he's won he's won this race. He's won he's won all the hardest races, mm. and he's come back from uh, significant you know a big crash a couple of years ago. Mm. I mean, you know we've we've heard of Sargon for for the last 10 years, but he's really you know, I think he's past his you know uh, peak. But I think we're, we're going to see a bit of this guy over the next, you know, uh, four or five years, easy, yeah, if not more. The way this race unfolded, who, who, which country got it wrong? Who got it wrong? I think Spain stuffed it up big time. You know, they keep missing the, the, the primary break, so they're always on the back foot. Um, obviously, the Dutch were put out right from the word go with Vanderpool um, not taking the start. Um, that could have changed. That could have changed the whole ball game. But once again, you know, they're saying, you know, oh, uh, you know, I've read a couple of reports. You know, people saying, oh, they didn't have radios today. You know, it made it totally different. But that's how it used to be. You know, so I mean, they say sometimes, and you know, it's great that you can see an opportunist uh, have a go. But I think Belgium had a real clear plan. You know, obviously, looking at the very finish, it looks like um, Van Aert did a lot of the work because they came back, they pulled a minute back in the last four kilometres and he only got pipped, you know, to fourth place. Had it had uh, had it all been together, 
uh, and he hadn't done all that work, well, phew, he, I think he, I think he would have taken the jersey. So you know, they basically had it stacked either way. James Fouché rode very well, got into that early break, was in that break for a long time. Again, a sole trader out there. He's the current New Zealand road cycling champion, big future. What did you make of that performance? You've got to have a go. I mean, it's a, um, you probably knew it was a long shot, but, you know, you can sit, in the, you can sit in, the, in the main bunch all day and, you know, not even get mentioned or, or see, see anything. And... Um, you know, and still end up with the same result. You know, being spat out at the end. Mm, 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 mm. But it's, it's, at least he did something. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, let's just go back to the whole radio thing because a few people have texted in on that. Um, I'm with you. I like it. I think it comes down to a little bit more race now. Um, it re- relies on you actually um, being a little bit more alert, uh, greater levels of communication, but also encourages other riders to go up the road understanding that, hey, there is a chance that a break can stay away. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, they say, I mean, I've been, it, it's been the last, you know, number of years, it's been frustrating watching a lot of the racing because it's been too clinical. You know, it always comes back together right at the very end. You know, I mean, even, even, even a lower-ranked rider, you know, I feel I feel sorry for them when they have, you know when the team you know when the director's going you know get up the road and get some exposure for us he's just being put out to slaughter you know in the old days you know there might have been an opportunity if the if the peloton got it wrong you know something might something might change and and he thinks yeah there's a there's a there's a chance here I could could stay away you know and he just goes that little bit harder mm, mm, but mm. that seems to be evaporated now with with the with the communication, and then the directors have got the the TV coverage, so they can see the expressions on the faces and blah blah blah, all that. You know, hey, I understand it's 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 uh, it's there's there's a play, um, it has its advantages as far as as from a safety aspect, but I mean we were probably the uh, Motorola, you know, being one of the first communication um, companies that got involved in cycling. Um, and being having the first race radios, um, <laughs> you know, the, a lot of the guys, you know, they'd get halfway through the race and pull the earpiece out of their ear because they're just sick of, you know, the nonsense that was coming back through from the car. Yeah, and just for people out there, I mean, it isn't it? Isn't it? You can say, well, the break's out by 10 minutes. You guys have got 70 kilometres to go. You're travelling at 50 kilometres an hour. The break's travelling at 43 they do the maths and say, boys, if you can get everyone buying in and you can take it up to 50k an hour on this last stretch, you should catch them with about 500 metres to go. And as you say, it, that's and that's how it often does play out. Yeah, I know. And don't, don't, you, don't you think that's boring? I do. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm 100% with you. I, I, I like a little bit of the um, unknown. I, I like that, um, yeah, I, I don't like the guesswork being taken out. Yeah, I, I like you know it's it's great to see a, a someone an opportunist you know who's willing to you know he might he might not be the strongest rider but he he's aggressive and you know he's hungry for a win and he'll do what he can to get out there and, and make it happen. Yeah, I mean I, I was at the last minute lucky enough to be given the women's road cycling commentary at the Olympics last year when. Um, Anna Kaisenhofer, the Austrian, ended up winning the women's road race, and the Dutch, led by Annemiek van Vluten, thought they'd caught everybody. Didn't realise the Dutch yep. rider was still up, uh, the Austrian rider was still up the road, and basically amateur won it. One of the great moments for Austrian sport, and a lesson to all. Exactly, you know, 
And unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of it, you know, we're, we're losing that sort of aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what are you doing with yourself these days, Stephen? Uh, it's been a few changes this year. Um, I've actually moved from North Island to the South Island, so I'm currently now located in Christchurch. Yep. And uh, I must say, it's as far as getting out on the bike, it's very enjoyable. Um, so I just got to get used to the uh, a bit, little bit colder climate, but. Um, I'm just sort of setting up uh, business, and um, I've always sort of worked for myself. And yep. um, and what's what's I've the biz- a... what's the business, Stephen? For those that might be listening in the Christchurch region. Yeah, um, basically, I picked up a, a couple of uh, agencies uh, like Simul Garage Doors and um, an alternative to interior lining, so jib doesn't have to be your only option out there. And it comes fully painted and no plastering involved. So, you know, it's not, might be something for everybody, but I've put a uh, display in the Home Idea Centre there in Rickerton, and uh, people are more than welcome to come along and have a look. And they can also talk a little bit of cycling with you too and talk about the good old days and what it was like to ride in the Tour de France <laughs> and reminisce and, and what it was like to race without radios. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Hey, um, I also see that yeah, you've been doing a bit of riding with Craig Adair and he's perhaps not that fit and that he's suffering even over 40 kilometres. Is that true? Oh, you know, hey, uh, maybe he gets his ambitions and abilities mixed up. Yeah, he confuses his ability with ambition, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, taking it slowly. I'm taking him on a little uh, bike trip at the beginning of next month with a few other guys, so he'll be, he'll be all right. Yeah, don't take he'll it slowly. Him. Put him in the box, man. <laughs> throw the no, keys away throw the keys away and lock them in the chamber the torture chamber <laughs> no it's a sort of old boy stuff now we just you know it's all about having fun on the bike not actually uh, trying to blow a heart up yeah. and you and you catch up with Jack much yeah uh, he's coming down on Wednesday actually we've got a uh, couple I've got another brother from the states coming out and a bit of a family thing and we're off to half for a bit of white baiting Mm-hmm. And look, uh, Stephen, just while I've got you on it, because I've never, I've always hated the whole drugs and sport thing, and you were maligned for coming out and sort of spilling the beans initially on Armstrong. Any regrets in any of that? Well, not regrets. I mean, to say it wasn't about me, I didn't do it for me. I mean, to say I did it to try and, you know, improve the sport, because yeah. at that time it was in a pretty, pretty bad state of affairs, especially at the very high end of it. Yeah, and you also want you want young New Zealand riders to be able to have a pathway and go, hey, look, you know, if you work hard and if you get up every day and you make the sacrifices and you chase the dream, you can genuinely get there rather than saying, well, you can do all of those things, but unless you put a needle in your arm, you're dreaming. Yeah, and um, and maybe that was a maybe that was the turning point because that seems to be the way it has um, turned around. Yeah, and there's a real desire, isn't there now, for New Zealand riders because of that hard-working, but more that sort of clean, green image that comes with our riders. Well, it's not only that, but I think we've got a very, very good um, track program here. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're, we're very, you know, we're high, regarded very highly in, uh, in, in the world, in the world. And now with all the technology out there, you know, with... Uh, your power outage, you know, basic, basically, you know, uh, um, a scout from Europe doesn't actually have to see the rider. He can just look at the numbers and mm. say, hey, this guy's got a big motor, you know, and then, you know, do, do, do the research and pull him out from there. So that that's 
that's a really good, helpful tool for getting these guys, you know, to the next stage, next mm. stage. Well, Stephen Swart, lovely having you on the program. Uh, make sure that, as I said, you make um, Craig Adair suffer, make sure Jack suffers, and um, look forward to catching up with you in the future. No, appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Stephen Swart there on the program just reflecting on the World Championships. The Neem Fisher Black Under-23 Women's Road Cycling title is a remarkable, remarkable achievement.